morning and welcome once again to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Wow, it feels like it's been a hot minute since we've uh, done an episode. Yeah, it has been. You know, we've kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I have. I shouldn't say we. Yeah. We get used to doing it and getting a rhythm and then, yeah, stuff happens. But we had a family visit, so that was nice. It was a little good little visit. Yeah, and you know, so today we we're talking about, of course, you know, what are we going to talk about? But one of the things Christy talked about was, you know, what is that happiness and the pursuit of happiness? And while well, I hope everybody knows why it's so important to have that pursuit of happiness, but you know, there are some people who really don't. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag there. But I guess one of the things is, is like Christy just said, life happens and life happens and it kind of derails us from that happiness sometimes. And sometimes it's not even a bad thing that might happen because, you know, we had such an amazing time with your sister and niece. Fun, fun time. And I have to do share that my most favorite time was went to a place called Boondocks and they have bumper boats. Lots and lots of fun. And I got to spray your sister right in the face. (laughs) I'm sure that was one of the highlights of the trip for her, too. I bet it was. (laughs) But we had such an amazing time. And so it was a really fun time. It was a really happy time. But even in that, there's, you know, of course, we still have to work and do a little bit of work. And we put off our podcast for a week uh, due to that as well. So, you know, once again, life kind of happens. And sometimes the life that happens is really good and and it's a really happy time. But sometimes we have life that happens that isn't. It kind of throws us off our game. Yeah. But I guess we have to define what is happiness and what it is for you may not be the same for somebody else. And when we have an idea of those, what makes us happy, I think then it helps us to to understand we can't sustain those happy moments all of the thing, all of the time. But creating those moments with people, sometimes it's not about planning it out. Sometimes it happens in the moment. And that's the cool thing. Well, and I think that's what it is. You know, I think people often confuse happiness for contentness. I think that most people, the goal is to be content a majority of the time. And then the happy moments come in, just like the sad do. So if you're content, you know, you're kind of, you have like a baseline, so to speak. And then when you get happy, you kind of go up, you know, and it's, it's really great. And it can only be sustained for so long because then we go back to reality or whatever else that is. Not that people cannot be happy all the time, but we're talking those that happy that takes you to another level. Right. Some people will call contentness happy. So it just depends on what each person's definition of that is. Because I think for the most part, we stay in a pretty happy, content place. Right. We really do. But, you know, this is something that we have actively worked for. Mm-hmm. You know, that we have actively said, this is really important to us. How do we help sustain that? You know, whether it's through our meditation or walking or our hot tub or just sitting outside and talking or getting together with friends or whatever those things are. Sometimes it's just reading. That's mm-hmm. another thing we really like to do. We read to each other, those kind of things. And I think that that helps with that to maintain that place that feels good. So let's call it the feel-good place instead of happiness or contentness. Because sometimes when we use those words, people will have different definitions for them. But if we just call it the feel-good place, Mm -hmm. I think that's a much better thing. But, you know, when we're in that feel-good place, 
things can disrupt it, can dysregulate it. And then it's, what do we do to actively get back to that place and not let that whatever situation is kind of keep us down? Yeah, sometimes things happen, you know, when you may have something planned out and then things don't go as planned and that it's such a disruption. I know that's how it is for me. I have a really hard time with last minute change and it really just disrupts me. So it, it'll take me out of that place, that feel good place for a little bit. And I'm really working on it not lasting so long, that disruption. But I think that being able to identify what takes us out of that place is the key thing. Because sometimes people don't know. They'll be going along and then all of a sudden, you know, they were happy. And then it's like, well, what just happened? I, I, I've lost that feeling or whatever. And I think it's because we start getting heady and we start thinking, even when we talk about schedules are great, but sometimes life happens. And that's where we have to learn that we don't control anything out external to us. Mm-hmm. But when we when that disruption bothers us because we're trying to control something that we don't have control over and so it will create a weird disconnect with this or a weird feeling with this Mm -hmm. and i think that's what it is and i know for you whereas i'm a little bit different i work on a schedule but even if my clients are there like oh i'll be five minutes later whatever and they're like okay the only thing that i and for me my dysregulation or that'll take me out of my happy is if i have a client scheduled and my system does not work and for me it's really not about me in that instance it's because it's taking away from their time and I don't like to cheat them on their time I want them to have their time so that will cause me and I'll be there and and I'll be there like to Christy fix it get it done give me the phone we're gonna get (laughs) it doesn't take me that long though because then I'll be there like oh okay wait a minute Mm -hmm. it's all gonna work out yeah And I know that for me, part of my being able to stay in that, that feel good place or that place of contentment, I should say, is having a schedule. I find that when I get into that rhythm, then I do better. And when I'm thrown off from it, I feel dysregulated. Well, even having your sister and niece here, it was just such a fantastic time for us. And then we got to hang out with the goddaughters Mm -hmm. in that. And just had a really, really good time doing all of that. And Mm -hmm. it was just really fun. It was time away from the regular schedule, which is a good thing too. But it's like, you know, and then when that time came to an end, I felt good also about getting back into my rhythm too. Mm -hmm. But that's what I mean. Sometimes a good thing can still throw us off our rhythm. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that we miss the rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot of times with people. They'll feel something inside and it almost can sometimes feel like an irritation or something, but it's just because I think that they're not in sync with what they normally do. It's just something that's different. So, and sometimes, like I say, it just happens unknowingly. Like you feel this something inside and you're not really sure what's going on that throws you off, but sometimes it's missing that schedule or whatever it is that you normally do but then you sit back and you think what i want my schedule what i want the experience and it always goes to the experience exactly and like i said it it was just such a really cool time for us and i I really am so happy that she was able to come out in that and hopefully it won't be four years you know another four year span (laughs) you know just saying (laughs) but yeah so and i think the other thing is too is when we when we're doing stuff and life is happening and 
it does throw us out of our rhythm and it does throw us off of our feel good place. How long do you choose to stay there? Yeah. Because it's still a choice whether we realize it or not. But sometimes it's just started. It starts with identifying it, that maybe that's why you're feeling that inside is because you're not doing your regular thing or whatever. But then once you identify that, then like you say, helping yourself to get back to the feel good place by realizing you get to experience this moment, be in this moment. And I think that that's where you'll find the happiness or the feel good um, because you're not that. I feel like that's what it is. So much of the time people are so much in their head about either future plans or something in the past and we're not being present. That was a little bit of a theme of my conversations with my clients uh, yesterday was, you know, we can't change the past, be in this moment. And what do we do in this moment? But oftentimes what takes away that feel good is we are looking at the past and saying, well, coulda, woulda, shoulda, or we're, we're saying, well, I don't want to go back to that place or whatever that is, not understanding that you're not in that place. That place no longer exists. It's had its time. It's done. And now you're in this moment. And then it's like, but how do I prevent this in the future? Well, let's be in this moment first, because you're right. A lot of times the things that take us out of that feel good is the past or the future. <clears throat> exactly. And it's what you're giving energy to. And I feel like that if you're in this moment and you're giving the energy to that, then it puts you in a much better place. Well, also, even if you give a little bit of focus to whatever dysregulates you or takes you out of that feel good moment, because oftentimes people think, well, I just have to be happy again. No, sometimes we have to hold space even for those moments that happen that are maybe not the feel good moments. So if, if a, a feeling comes to you, it's like hold space for, for a moment. Oh, wow, I'm feeling sad, but I don't know why. Sometimes we don't have to know why, but just to acknowledge that we feel bad. Because sometimes what we'll do is we're trying to fix something. We're trying to change something. We don't even know we're trying to change until we realize, oh, I'm frustrated. I'm not sad. It becomes, a then our brain is able to kind of work on that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what it is. And then it's also reminding ourselves and, you know, we do this every day is, is gratitude because sometimes we get so caught up in the what's not working or, oh my God, my schedule changed or, oh my God, my equipment doesn't work or all of those things. And we forget to, but I have found that if I shift very quickly into gratitude, things start to smooth out. They start to feel better. And I also get clarity about what it is that's dysregulating me. So I'll get clarity about it's okay. I can see solutions. And I think that sometimes people have a hard time with understanding what can take them to that place of gratitude. Because if you're having a negative moment that it seems overwhelming or whatever, it you feel like, well, I can't just change my mind and be happy or just forget about what happened or whatever. I know that one of the things that I read this in something that talked about in order to shift your mind and your focus, go to something that you love. And for me, I can always remember using like our dog, Misha. If I took myself out of that moment and just thought about her for a minute and the joy that she brings me and that, it would help me to shift my mood. So you know, even though whatever was happening, you know, that was still impacting me or whatever, but it 
took me to a different feeling place to just stop and think about her. Well, and I think the thing is, too, it's not by all means sitting here and saying that don't have bad feelings or whatever. And that's what I mean by when you have those feelings, you you hold space for them for a moment. But when people say, well, I can't just change my mood like that. Well, you did when you got in the mood you were in. Real, We don't have the realization or the understanding that we're still the creator of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always tell my clients that if if people really learn that, that they truly, the only thing in life they control is what they think, what they feel, and how they respond to a situation. If they truly understood that and understood that nothing outside of that they have any power and control over, I would not have a job. Mm-hmm. I would not have a job. Because the most powerful thing I think people do is understand, is getting that understanding of the power that they truly do have over how they see the world yeah controlling that response because like you say that's the only thing that you do have control over you maybe can't change the situation but you can definitely change your response to it absolutely and it's those things that happen is when we are getting dysregulated or we're, we're going out of our happy space it's because we're responding to those situations in a more negative way or a more whatever way that is. But I think the biggest thing is, is everybody learning their power. Well, I think we get so identified with the emotion of it. Yes. That's the biggest piece. And then it's like a runaway train. Well, oftentimes people will say, well, I don't know where that came from. Well, it came from your thought, but I wasn't thinking anything. Well, it doesn't work that way. Our thoughts are, they are so rapid. And we have so many thoughts in such a small period of time that we don't realize it until we actually sit. And that's what I mean by hold space for it for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, it's like, oh, my God, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't even know where that came from. But oftentimes we can be triggered by anything from smell to touch to any of our senses. What we you know what I mean? And that and so that often happens and we don't know and we'll be taken out of a feel good place. Right. And when we talk about the feel-good place, sometimes it can be one of those things where you're taken out of a feel-good place. I was telling Christy a few weeks ago, I was working and all of a sudden I smelled my mom's gravy. And it was a mix of emotion for me because it was sadness that she'll never make it again. But it was happiness that I had that moment. So it was this really weird thing. It took me a second to shift out of that to hold space for a minute appreciate the emotions but then to shift back into where i needed to be so it's not that we're saying there's anything wrong with any of those feelings or emotions but what we're saying is at some point in our life we all deserve to be happy and i will work with my clients and i will say some struggle so hard with even saying i deserve to be happy I think that's a huge thing too. And knowing exactly what that is. And I, it's sort of sad to see there's a lot of times I think that people are constantly searching for happy outside of themselves and not realizing that it's such an intrinsic thing that we have to, like you say, going to a place of gratitude, how that helps to shift us into a positive space. And that, but sometimes I feel like there that people are, are 
are constantly searching for something outside of them and not realizing how much power they have within themselves to create that for themselves wherever they're at. Well, and I think part of the thing is, is well, you know, once again, keeping this in uh, reference, I mean, I work in mental health, so oftentimes people who come into my office are not happy. Right. But one of the things I realized in the 20 plus years I've done this is that it's because often people do not feel like they deserve to be happy. And I'm telling y'all, every single human being deserves to be happy and to be loved. And oftentimes, those two things can go hand in hand as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are, they start to feel like they're being selfish or that if they try to create that place of contentment. And you know, it's really funny because I will hear that, well, am I being selfish if I need time alone? Am I being selfish? How do I do that? It's not about being selfish, but sometimes that time alone, I, I have my clients call it their reset. No, it's your reset. It's so that you can get back to that place of engagement and all of that. But knowing that you need that time alone or whatever it is that brings you that happy, that helps you with that reset to to be okay again. But I think that when we live in a society where we have anybody who believes they do not deserve happiness, to me, that's just sad. Mm -hmm. And many of my clients, even to say those words, some of them can't do it. And I think to myself, why would you ever think? But once again, it's because of everything that they have in their head of all those messages that they've heard and stuff. And I think that's where it's hard for people. People will often hear, well, you can't be happy all the time. Well, no, but you can be pretty, pretty darn close. Or you don't deserve that. Or, you, you know, all those things. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, there's people, a lot of times it's like, they feel like, like you say, they don't deserve it. And I think it's because they've heard all these messages throughout their whole entire lives about like what responsibility is and things like that. You start to believe all these things about yourself that you believe to be truths. But, you know, it's really about being accepting of yourself and understanding who you really are and understanding what brings you contentness and understanding that it may not look like what somebody else thinks that it should, but that's okay. Well, and I think the other thing is for adults, they forget how to play. I did play therapy for many, many years and I would do a uh, family play therapy. And I remember on several occasions when I would have the families come in and they would have to play. But the, th the only thing is, is because it's play therapy, the, the child dictates the play. What are we going to play? And I remember the, the parents both just sitting there. And I said, this is play therapy. And they're like, well, we don't know how to do that. I said, well, follow the lead of your child. So I said, well, start by sitting on the floor with them. I was doing this step by step by step thing with them. Mm -hmm. And the kid's all happy because mom and dad are going to play with them. And I remember sitting there and it was like not very far into the play therapy session where all of a sudden dad is up back in the chair and he's looking at like a, it was like a newspaper thing. And I'm kind of looking and I'm just observing and mom's down there and the little boy wanted to play with the army men. So the mom starts setting up her army men and all that. And he's just got his all scattered all over the place. And he goes by and he flicks her man and he does. And she started to get angry. I'm looking at her and she goes, well, why is he flicking my man? I said, because it's a game. What? 
I said, how hard is it to put the man back up? She said, well, it's not. I said, then why is the emotion? It's because they didn't know how to play. And so it turned his play into something different too. And so I had them sit, the parents sit, and I had the, the dad put down the magazine. I said, watch play. And him and I just played. He knocked down my men. He changed the rules 900 times. I never get to win. I don't care. And he's laughing and they're kind of looking and they're, they're like, well, the mom, I was playing with him. I said, but you wanted to change the rules. You wanted to make the rules of the game. You wanted your men all lined up. I said, play is fluid. And a lot of times adults have problems with fluidity. They have problems with that shifting of things very quickly sometimes and in playing. And that's something you're working on though. Mm -hmm. Because you'll admit that's something you don't do really well. Yeah, I haven't for a long time, but and I I know what you're saying. It's like children play for the enjoyment. And they do. They just are in that moment in and enjoying it. And yeah, it's like with adults, it seems like because we live in a world of like where there's rules and there's certain things that we do and there's an order to things and all of that. It's like we try to apply all of that to play. Exactly. Even from scheduling our playtime. Oh, we're going to leave. We're going to go at this time where everything is scheduled. Mm -hmm. With children, it's not. With, and one of the things I have so appreciated and I'm so grateful for in my career is being a play therapist because children have, that has allowed me to play. I told Christy, I can become a six-year-old as fast as anybody, mm -hmm. <laughs> which she says I can. <laughs> True. And I do. And it doesn't matter. With your niece, let's play speed. Okay. And we just started cracking up and laughing and having a good time with it. She wants to draw, I'll draw. I don't, for me, that's your brother when he was little, wants to play swords, we're playing swords. I appreciate that about the job that I've been able to do because it allowed me to always stay a kid to some degree. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many times in therapy I will get my castle or whatever I'm building and I have the last piece to put on and they will come and kick it down. Mm -hmm. And the parent, you can't. And they're like, why? And the parents will say, how can you? I said, who cares? Right. It's made to rebuild. I'll just build a different. And sometimes I will finally get to the end and I may be able to finish. But it doesn't matter because I'm getting uptight about something that doesn't really have the same relevance. What's fun for me is watching them because they know and they laugh. Right. But it's how we play. It's not about taking ownership of those things because in play, there's no ownership. No, I think that adults just try to stay too rigid. Yes. But in order to be in those places of happiness and contentness, we have to have some fluidity. We have to be able to play and know that everything is just done for the enjoyment of doing it. Right. You know, it's not about anything else. And that's what you find, I think, is that when you can find those things that are fulfilling, whether it be play, whether it be helping someone, whatever it is, it's those things that that fill us up. And that's what brings that contentness. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun sitting in the hot tub with uh, our goddaughter because we put on the waterfall feature thing and she loved it. Yeah. She sat there and played and played and played. And I didn't get tired of watching her playing it. 
even if you're around kids, just what, looking at the world through their eyes is a way to really bring some happiness and joy. Pets are another one. Yes. Watching your pets. Nobody gets more excited when you come home than your pets. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It is amazing to watch. But it's not even when you come home. You can leave the room for five minutes and come back and they they feel like you feel like, oh, my God, I've been gone forever. And this, it's their excitement and it's their. I don't know if you could ever feel more loved. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, when you give them a treat. Yes. <laughs> you know how they'll dance around. And that was one of the things I, I loved about our dog, too. She had such personality. And I loved Christmas because we would wrap her gifts and she knew when it was her turn. Yes. And she'd come and she'd sit and she'd get excited and I'd help her open the presents and she'd look and, oh my goodness, it was just like, it was Christmas morning for our dog and it was the most amazing thing. It was such a happy time. Yeah. Unwrap it and she was playing with her toys. She loved it. And I think even in that, you know, when we talk about how do you get back to that place of contentness, even if I'm having a sad moment about that, I can think about those moments and those memories because memories are another thing that can help us just as when I smelled my mom's gravy it made me sad but at the same time it had the opposite effect too right. I felt that closeness and, and it felt good yeah so those can have those things and you know and especially you know when people sit there and say well you know if I've lost somebody or you know that how do you do that and I you know it it time is our friend in that instance there's no and what I mean by that, and you know, when I say time heals, it doesn't mean that it takes something away. What it means is time is always there. As things get further away, we're able to have those feelings and it becomes that feeling. Now, if I had had that a month after my mom passed, that would have probably been a very different feel for me. Right. But as time goes on, those are more important memories. And so they're they bring me the, the a little of the sadness, but it's more of the that contentness, that happiness of, of having that moment. So it's not that, once again, it's not to say that we're going to negate or get rid of life happening, you know, if there's loss or things like that or stressors at jobs or whatever. Except job, I'm just there like, you know, a job is a job, is not our identity. But a job will take away happy so fast. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people do identify with that. Their job, you know, just takes precedence over everything. And I think that you have to really pause and look at that. Because, I mean, if it's something that you're staying stressed out about all the time and that, you really have to look at how much space that takes up in your life. You know, it was really interesting because I was seeing that thing on Elon Musk, and he was saying about how people need to, you know, stay there and work, 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 work. Well, the thing is, is that everybody has different value systems, number one, but we continue to teach. And when I say we, corporations teach that work is the most important thing because you're working for the corporation. You don't work for yourself unless you're working. You say, oh, I'm going to take this job because this money is going to provide me with this or my family with this. And it's very clearly about the money providing that happiness unless it's a job you really enjoy but a lot of people work jobs they don't enjoy right so i say if you're working a job you don't enjoy then what you need to do is find joy find what the money will provide you joyfully mm -hmm. because that's an area that oftentimes when i'm working with people they just really hate 
their job. The happy is very few and far between. Right. And I think in order to have the feel-good moments, you need to be able to identify things for what they are. And a job or even money or the those things, they're all tools to create, to be able to have more moments like that. But identifying for what they are, because if you become so entrenched in, you know, what you're, like I say, with your job or whatever, if it's something stressful or that, you're missing out on a bunch of those moments, those feel-good moments. And I think that's what it is. And so much of the time, people are working more hours trying to get by and all that. So even when they're, they do have the time off, they don't have the energy. Right. So they get caught in this. It's like this vicious cycle that they get caught in. It's a loop and they're so depleted. And it's like, oh my God, I only have five years to retirement or I have 10 years to retirement. So everybody's so busy looking at retirement. Nobody's living their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is how do we live our life on a daily basis because that's what creates that. I always think of this commercial that I used to see when I was a kid. And I don't know how many people remember it, but this guy, it would show this guy getting up at like before it was even light out. And and he was saying, it's time to make the donuts. And I always remember when I would see that guy on that commercial, how miserable he looked. And I always thought, my God, I would hate to have to, when I grow up, to have a job that that's what you do every single day and you hate it that much and how miserable he looked. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I'm grateful that, you know, I know that a lot of people work a lot of jobs that are hard and they, you know, there's things that they have to do, but it's like, man, I would hate to live in that kind of misery every day. That guy just played that commercial really good. (laughs) Well, I think that's what it is. Sometimes we can't have the job that we love right away. Sometimes there's stepping stones to get to that. I mean, and I think that people, I think ultimately now, and and I think even like with this mad exodus from workplaces and stuff, because people are saying, I think, you know, one of the things that the era of COVID did is it made people self-reflect more. They started to realize how much time they spent away from home how much time they spent away from their kids and their family or their pets or their just their home in general or just people are paying for houses they're hardly ever in. All of those things, I think, really help people to do a reset and say, you know what, I don't want that. I really want to have quality time. I think it really helped people to shift their priorities for sure because look at how many people had to start working from home and that think about all the people that spent so much of their day in a commute to someplace and just, yeah, being able to identify then, wow, you know, maybe this is more important to me than that. And I think that's why I'm really so happy for Kathy G getting her office up north because, you know, now her commute is so short. And, you know, when you're sitting in traffic or if something that would be a normally 30 minute or 40 minute drive turns into an hour and a half or two hours, that is quality time taken away. And I mean, even if you're in your commute, there's still some things you can do that makes it positive, but it's kind of hard to do because that's our time is valuable. It is. And I mean, for some people too, I mean, maybe they enjoy driving or whatever, and maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe that's their quiet time in the morning and, or they listen to music or a podcast or something like that. So, I mean, it can be about their me time too. So, I mean, it's always it's, being able to identify what helps you. 
Exactly. But, you know, when what research does show is people in traffic is that it creates more negative emotion right. than positive. Yeah. And even in that, I mean, I think that I hope that we're at a time in our society where we're shifting more to people looking at what helps to make us happy internally. And, and you're right, but routine gets in the way of that sometimes. Routine can help us stay content in, or in that feel-good place, but any dysregulation to it, but it shouldn't be that way. We need to have more flexibility so that our mood can shift with that. We should have more adaptability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really difficult sometimes. Yeah, sometimes just having to learn to, to roll with it. Because it doesn't always go as planned. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things is, is, and as you guys all know, is I really love working with my clients who are on the autism spectrum. And my 17-year-old, you know, that was such a big thing for him is, is the change in anything. Fast forward to today, just so happy and proud of this young man because he has learned more adaptability. And if he can do it, I'm saying anybody can learning that stuff changes but it's okay i mean he still asks <laughs> but he gets it a little bit better now and he's more happy and content now because that would just cause such dysregulation in him yeah you know and it does in people it's like and i'll admit i'll first thing i do in the morning is ask you what's my schedule right i like to know what i'm doing and when my schedule moves around it's a little discombobulating for me. I'll be there like, wait a minute, that person's usually not at this time. Because in my head, I go through my schedule and it does, it causes just that minute of a glitch. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of times it's like the unknown or something, you know, like if we, we, we try to have the set schedule or whatever. And then sometimes if we don't hear back from somebody or that, then you're just kind of left, you know, you don't know in flux. if you're going to have an appointment at that time or you're not. So sometimes it's something like that. Well, even it's something as simple as for people too, is like if I have a client who has a set time and say they've had that set time for say three or four months, whatever, and then the, our schedule changes and we move to another slot, how many times they'll miss their first appointment in that new slot. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Yeah. And they'll feel all bad and I'm there like, it's okay, I understand. But I'm not used to that and I'm there like, and it's all fine, it's okay. Yeah. I don't get all worked up and upset about that kind of stuff because I understand that we get into routines mm -hmm. and I don't want them to feel bad. And I want them to understand that I do have empathy and understanding for that. I think that plays a huge role in contentness too, is having empathy and realizing everybody's human and, you know, we all make mistakes and, you know, there's always, there's things that come up. And so we do have to, be understanding of those things and i think sometimes it is hard for those things and because i don't think we ever stop i mean i think we're in we're always hurried in some ways and so i don't think we ever allow ourselves to just stop and reflect on ourselves you know what i mean of it's like take that breath and say okay wait what's going on what do why is it impacting me? what what would make it better if i did this would that make it or whatever that is we don't sometimes we don't even hold space for ourselves and I think in doing that, we get to that place of contentment and, and that place of feel good. And when we're in that place of feel good, then I think we have more happy moments. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a struggle when we're, we're in a down place to or negative and 
we perpetuate those negative thoughts and stuff like that and not understanding that it's like people love when they feel those moments of contentness because they think that's happy, but it's really just the baseline, but it's from where they come from. You know what I mean? So it's like they're, they're you know, people we work with and, you know, we have some people in our life who, you know, we really work with them on you're in such a negative place all the time. But what that does is that negativity has the ability to roll off onto you too. And then you real, and then, you know, before you realize it, you're in a negative space. So it takes that conscious thought to say, well, wait a minute, this isn't my negative. And then sometimes when we get back to that positive place, that, that feel good place, we can also help those other people because it, it can become just as contagious. Yes, definitely. I mean, you think about that you can listen to somebody, maybe they're venting about something or that, and you all of a sudden realize that you're kind of taking on some of that anxiety that that person is feeling because of the situation. And maybe it has nothing to do with you, but you know, you just kind of get all wrapped up in what they're telling you and you feel that energy of that angst or that frustration. I was talking to my sister one day and uh, I was telling her some different things and she tells me, whoa, sis, she says, I'm getting anxiety over the phone about this. <laughs> right. And it wasn't even anything that pertained to her. But yeah, yeah, but once again, but how quickly she identified that. And it was kind of cool because I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that. You know, and then we kind of moved on to something else. And well, and then she, you guys were both able to laugh about it, even though the situation that you were talking about, you know, is something serious. But she... Yeah, her being able to identify that, you guys then were able to laugh about it. Oh, geez, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but it's making me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, even that, I think that there's all of these things that we can do. It's taking time. I think when I think about, you know, overall, what is this podcast about? It's about taking care of yourself. It's about understanding that routine is important. It's about understanding, though, having the fluidity and the flexibility to move with things to so that it's not so overwhelming for you. Well, under understanding when you're able to do that, that is how you're able to more maintain that level of contentness, I think, in your life. Well, and also understanding, first and foremost, every single human being deserves to be happy. And there is a sadness when we take Somebody along the way takes that away from people. That anybody should feel like they don't, they're not deserving of being happy. And sometimes remembering that each and every one of us can be a positive catalyst for that happiness. Sometimes whether it's through the kindness that we, you know, whether it's a smile, whether it's saying hello to the neighbors or, or just being kind. I know yesterday we were natural grocers and that girl was just so friendly my goodness mm -hmm. but it was nice it was very refreshing so I found that we were really friendly back and our our energy kind of flowed with hers mm -hmm. yeah because you can be fixated on something in your mind and probably overthinking something <laughs> but then when you're faced with someone like that and it creates that whole other energy it kind of takes you out of that moment that you were stuck in your head yeah so be the creator of that energy too yeah you know, if you're around people and you and, and you and you feel their energy down or whatever, and 
be the creator. Don't don't go to their space. Elevate them to your space. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it is. It seems like the brain always tries to go to a negative place. And if someone's already we're so in conditioned. A, yeah, somebody's in a space like that. Sometimes we become identified with it so much easier than being the person that steps forward and tries to be uplifting. Well, how many times when I'm in my practice and somebody will say, well, I don't want my kid to hang out with them because they're a bad influence. My kids are really good. And I told a parent one day, I said, well, then don't you think it would be important for your child to hang out with them? Well, they're a bad influence. I said, but if your child is a positive influence, why do we assume that the positive influence is not as powerful as the negative? Mm -hmm. And they kind of sat with that. Right. And they said, well, you know what? We're going to explore that more. So the kids are still friends. But it's not that the kid was a bad influence. He just, the kid just needed a really good friend. And, and, uh, my client became that really good friend. So those those are things that can happen too. Right. So, you know, spread, it's about self-checking. with the, It's about taking that moment to self-reflect and to do a little reset if we have to of where we're at with the happy, you know, or contentness or whatever we want to call it. And then remembering that when you're in that place, then you have the ability to influence that or to at least plant that seed in other people. So those people who you may not even know do not feel worthy of being happy. You may be a positive influence and maybe for that moment helping them to feel that. And I think, remember, everything is just built on moments. So if those people come across you and then three other people and it's that again, maybe at one point during that day, they won't feel worthy of being happy. It is. It's all about those moments. It's I mean, I'm going to go back to Misha because I remember I used to tell you, like, even if I had been at work all day and maybe it had been a difficult day or something like that, or it spent a lot of time on the phone with insurance or those kinds of things and my head, you know, just felt really full or whatever. And I would come back home and the excitement of Misha would take me to a whole different place. And I remember I used to tell you, it's like Misha's like the Mickey Mouse of my day. Mm -hmm. she was that little character that could bring me into that moment and feel that joy like that no matter what else was happening and it's so true and I hear that with my clients and, and I'm so happy that we part of me is really happy about doing telehealth because I've now met all of the four-legged babies they have and let me tell you their characters and I see in the interaction they have with them and it's just amazing Mm -hmm. And one of my clients, in fact, this last week, she came in and she was there like, oh, my God, I'm missing my dog. I said, not your husband or the kid. She goes, no, my dog. <laughs> she says, I, and she goes, and for her, and just to even see her when she talks about that dog, how she is, he brings something to her, man, that connection. And you just see her light up when she talks about her four little four legged baby, man. He is everything to her. And that's what I mean. It doesn't matter where we find it, what we do, where it is, but look for it, find it, explore it. Be that, make your pursuit in life your own happiness. Yes. And I mean, I hope that everybody has something like that in their life, whether it be a pet or something else that is the Mickey Mouse in their day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Makes them feel that kind of joy. Yes, and sometimes it's the people we love. Sometimes the people we love are the ones who take away the joy. I mean, it's all sorts of stuff like that. But taking that time, find your happy. 
find that place because it's not about the job. At the end of the day, jobs can have you or not have you, but you walk around in this meat suit, as we call it, every day. So make the best of it. Find your happy. Find those things that make you laugh. Find those things that make you feel good. And remember, we're talking about moments. And each moment builds on the next moment and the next moment. And then you'll find that you stay in that place of feeling good more often than not. Take time for you. Explore you. Because when you explore you, you're going to find this amazing treasure. So, your pursuit of happiness. We hope that you guys have an amazing week. We look forward to being back next week. And as always, we don't know what we're going to be talking about. I don't know what happens in our week. It's usually what happens in our week that determines it. Sometimes it's my clients. But I will tell you this funny story. If we have a conversation, whatever I pick on my podcast for our podcast to do, it is the weirdest thing that will be the theme of my week. It's like this, the universe is speaking to all of us at the same time. It is so weird. And I'll tell my clients, oh my God, wait a minute. You're not going to believe You're this. You're not going to believe this. And they'll say what? And they'll know because we're, the podcast is already done. They'll say, well, why does that happen? I say, I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? It's wonderful. Yeah. It's a connectedness. I'm hoping that it means that we're in alignment with what we should be talking about and that it will help someone. And as always, we are so grateful for those of you who listen. Yes. We so, so appreciate it always say gratitude statements for our listeners yes thank you so much and we will be back next week bye, bye.